So welcome to the podcast, podcast number four. Um, we're here with the usual usual team with uh, uh, Aaron and Casey and myself, Anthony, and we're joined today with uh, Ryan Brown from RKB Renovations. G'day guys, it's uh, lovely to be uh, involved in the podcast today. Yeah, welcome to the show mate, and I should say RK, <laughs> RK thumbs up, RKB Renovations and New Homes. Yes, yeah, yeah, we are uh, working on a, a new home, our new family home at the moment out in Sanford. Yeah. Um, so yes, we've got the little uh, Nico penned on the builder's sign under renovations that uh, the little in brackets and new, and new homes, and new homes, as, homes well. as well. <laughs> and it's a sizable one too. It's not kind of like this this you know two hundred square meter jaunt into the new home. She's a thousand square meters under roof, mate. No, the building design went a bit uh, yeah, plastic, I yeah, think. yeah. Wonder who that was. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> budget, what budget? No, there was no budget no, involved. No, no, don't was, worry about that. There was no budget involved at all. Mate, so, <laughs> so thank you for coming to the show. Um, so we we know, you know, basically RKB is is uh, Ryan and Karen Brown. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what the uh, the uh, letters stand for. Yeah, and <laughs> um, so basically, but we know that much and obviously we've been working with you for... 11 years, I think. Something like that, yeah. 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 Fair um, while now. We've, um, yeah, been a little fair, a fair yeah. while. I remember, I think, the, uh, I was driving to Days Road office, actually, at the time, so going up Raymont Road, and I think you and I pulled up next to each other in traffic on Pickering Street. It was something like that, wasn't it? it was yeah. One of those, uh, I, think, I think you had... One of those fateful meetings, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the old Miss Navarra, I think yeah. it was at the time. Would have had with, the Navarra at the time, With yeah. the stickers down the side of the thing. And yeah, I thought, that's the one. I think we looked at each other and thought, oh, we'd better give each other a call. <laughs> so He looks nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he looks... Yeah. Um, but... Um, and the rest is history, I think. And then we kind of just started off small with a couple of smaller projects, and it's all—it's kind of come to the culmination of this big who are out there at uh, out at Sanford, the big family home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah so um, we've been able to maintain uh, something good for eleven years. So that's so that's good. So we know a little bit of history about RKB and stuff like that. But um, tell us about what RKB is and why and, and, you know, give us a little bit of a background. Well, um, I started RKB Renovations uh, nearly four years ago now. Um, I'd sort of been working as a chippy in Brisbane. I'd sort of gone out of my own as a builder under another company for a little while and kind of got sick of that and tried the corporate sector for a little while and... Um, Four years wearing a shirt and tie just wasn't agreeing with me, and I've missed the smell of sawdust. So. I must admit, it was a, it was a little bit of a radical shift coming out to see <laughs> seeing, seeing at the school, and it just going, oh, this is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. I, I took on a facility management role. Had, it's, uh, had had to look tidy between nine and what is it, eight and three every day. It was something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah it took on a facility manager role at one of the um, big girls schools in Brisbane. Mm. Um, did that for a few years and really enjoyed it, and it probably opened my eyes up to the. Um, I guess how big the industry is really outside of what my little patch of the World industry was. was at the time. Yeah. So um, worked with some really switched on people, um, some fantastic project managers, um, designers, etc., cetera, um, and really probably just sharpened me up uh, professionally as far as how we engage with people, how you communicate with people, and, and I guess understanding the, the client or the stakeholders' requirements. So um, took a little bit of info out of there, a little bit of experience out of there, and... Um, Decided I missed the smell of sawdust and decided to get back into building again. So, um, uh, so I started RKB Renovations, um, just literally specialising in the renovation market here in Brisbane. Yeah. 
And we and, and we probably do what two or three projects a year together. Oh, no, it's probably even least, more than that. At least, yeah, yeah. We, we we do a few. So it's um it's always great to have a relationship when, when you're a builder to have a relationship with a, a good building design firm. But mm. um it's sort of one of those things I think that um is only going to benefit the client in the long run that if the designer and the builder are on the same page and understand each other's expectations and the client's expectations are going to be met. Um, and with all with all fingers crossed and all good luck that the client's expectations are exceeded at the end of the project. Yeah, fantastic. And with with that in mind, you know, obviously RKB being four years old, you were in corporate sector for a couple of years, you had another company prior to that, but you've you've been doing this, what we calculated today, we actually sat down and worked it out and thought, geez, how 24 long? 24 years, Yeah, yes. 20, 24, 25 <laughs> years in the, in the industry. It's crazy. And, 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 I've been um, a carpenter longer than Casey's been alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, how old are you, Casey? 24. 24. Yeah. There you go. Just think, you know, Ryan could be your dad. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, look at this hairline, Casey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not much good hey, You've got, you got a nice, healthy head of hair right now, yeah, Case. But yeah. uh, anyway, the um, <laughs> so 25 years or 24 years ago, uh, started started the apprenticeship in the army. Yeah, yeah. I sort of uh, was living in Canberra at the time, and um, I sort of grew up in country New South Wales, and the family had moved to Canberra. Yeah, um, don't take that against him. No, uh, no. We, <laughs> we still invite him around for origin parties. It's all right. Yeah, just, just so you've got someone to pick on, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, finished off my school in Canberra, and um, it was kind of at that period where it was at the tail end of the recession we sort of had in the 80s and 90s, and um, not a lot of apprenticeships going around, and my dad showed me an ad in the paper for uh, for the Army Apprentice School, the Army College of TAFE, as it was then, and... I thought, oh, I don't know about this. And I thought, oh, I better apply for it just in case. And anyway, um, next thing you know, I get a letter in the mail saying that uh, you've been accepted to join the Australian Army. And I thought, okay, well, this could be something a bit different. And, uh, yeah, so I went off as a 17-year-old, about probably four or five weeks out of finishing year 12 and joined the Army. So it was a little bit of a shock to the system. But um, mm. I spent six years in the Army as a, as a carpenter with the Royal Australian Engineers and uh, ended up being posted here to Brisbane uh, to inaugural barracks. And um, yeah, and since, good, since it, then we've this is where you've stayed. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's funny the amount of guys I served with that uh, that have all settled within Cooley of an Army barracks. So yeah. um, we've kind of all stayed around the same area. But uh, yeah, we we did a lot of work um, uh, for uh, Aboriginal communities as a government. There was a government initiative going at the time, sending the army out to doing um, improvement works to Aboriginal communities. It's still going now. Um, and so, yeah, we'd pack up and jump on a Hercules out at Amberley and we'd get flown up to the Northern Territory somewhere and we'd be on an island up there for anywhere between probably four to six months and we'd be building houses and doing roads and building schools and playgrounds and um, all sorts of stuff up there. So, so you could say kind of, you know, that's a tough environment type of thing. It's all it's a pretty hard yakka, hard work, you know, uh, that side of things. So it's a little bit similar to renovating somebody's house. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it can be in a sense. Uh, renovating certainly one of those things that uh, not a lot of builders like to do. Um, no, I think, it's, it, I think it, a lot of builders will do renovations if they have to, but they prefer to do new nice, homes. new, clean homes. Um, but renovations is kind of the niche that we found ourselves in, and um, and, I, and I, I love doing them. Yeah, uh, I, I think doing renovations is really a sign that you're a very Skilled carpenter, you're a very well organised builder. Well, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Really, very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, new home versus renovation. You really got to be John in this, but you got to understand the existing property that you're working with. Yep. Um, a lot of new home uh, renovations, sorry, uh, uh, are extended or they're raised, things like that. And there's a certain way 
it's a completely different way of building compared to a new house. I mean, the, what you're doing first is completely different to what you're, you'd be doing first on a new home. Absolutely. The, the whole process is totally different, The whole and everything from the design process through even to the quoting process to the project management side of things. So you are working with an existing structure. That existing structure will be in varying states of... Um, repair, so, shall we say? Um, Varying states of repair. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you've got to match in with the existing. Sometimes you're doing renovations that totally contrast to the existing house and you've got to be able to match in materials. You've got to be able to match in finishes and surfaces and levels and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. while um, most builders would love to just start off on a nice flat piece of ground and pour a concrete slab um, when it comes to renovating and especially when you get in the the house raise market um, Queensland is pretty much the only state in Australia that lifts up houses and builds it underneath because of the style of house that we have here yeah exactly and the you know and talking about raising building unders old Queenslanders and stuff you know how common is it uh, we when we do measures we see this we walk in and the front of the house that well the back of the house is 200 mils wider than the front of the house absolutely and (laughs) and uh you know, I've walked into houses before uh, where basically uh, not one wall, you know, looked like it was. It wasn't, wasn't straight. I had to walk straight back out again and have a hurl in the front lawn because basically <laughs> if it was playing with my eyes, it was that out of square. Yeah, we, we've had situations uh, years ago on a project in New Farm where a um, you know, client's house, it was a you know, sort of post-war sort of style cottage and you know, we were raising up and building underneath and, and doing an extension off the back. Um, problem was mm. that the house wasn't sitting square to the block so by the time we had it raised in the air and did our set out, we actually realised that the back corner of the extension was going to be only 200 millimetres off the boundary which wasn't going to work. So no. we had to sort of hit pause on that job and go back to the architect and the client and say, well, listen... This is the situation we're in. Um, how, how are we going to get around this? Yeah, that's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, it's something that we grapple with on a regular basis. But when we draw them, mm. we draw them square. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, and uh, because uh, it doesn't work any other way if we don't. And the, we generally use the, the like a dash box and say, look, this is actually what it looks like. And um, <laughs> but uh, but you guys don't, you know, there's, we we can't square them up. The amount of money with you know working with on a house and trying to square it up you don't you kind of work within the walls that you have absolutely you have to um you'd love to be able to get things nice and square and plumb and and straight but the simple fact is that a house that's been sitting on a block of land for anywhere between 50 and 100 years she's an old girl she's got a bit of spread down the bottom exactly they're going to move around and they're going to creep and they're going to slide around that's and that's assuming they've been built in the right spot in the first place so um old dad and dave had knocked up a house 50 60 years ago when council requirements weren't really paid attention to and well there was a very very non-existent very non-existent australian standard there was no ncc back then (laughs) that's That's right um you know there's a reason why the beam the the uh, supporting beam takes a left turn at the end of the the series of posts because the, <laughs> yeah. the veranda post is over 200 300 mils over there and we'll just take it on an angle it's okay that's don't right. worry yeah. about it yeah. so, um, so yeah that, that's just yeah one of the many challenges that come with renovating and and um yeah it's just something that as the builder you've got to be aware of and you know designers can only work off you know, a certain amount of information at the one time so it's generally once we get on site that we can actually sort of sit down and set things out that we can go okay right i Things aren't quite exactly where we thought they'd be, and mm. let's you know have a bit of a rethink on this maybe. And that goes back to you know, uh, like you said, great comment before about um, Brisbane itself and Queensland, uh, lesser extent, but still the same. Is mm. that you know we're pretty unique in the whole grand scheme of things. Is that 
a lot of our building and construction here in Brisbane is raise and build under. That's right. Or yeah. raise and extend and, and working with old Queenslanders and it's pretty unique. And um, if you had to bring a builder up from south, you know, New South Wales or Queen, uh, Victoria into Queensland and ask them to do the same thing, um, it, it, don't know if it would go well. Probably a good builder would be all right, but it would definitely be a learning curve. Oh, it would be, yeah. Um, yeah. And like I, I know talking to, to mates that are, are builders down in New South Wales and Victoria and... Um, yeah, a lot of the time they can't get their head around the fact they, you know, if they if they're going to add on a, a level to a house, say down in Sydney or Melbourne or wherever it might be, they're going to put a second story on top. Um, you know, they can't get their head around the fact that we are actually take our houses and lift them higher, mm. and that there mm. and that there's people like house raisers that actually have businesses specialising in raising houses. So it's um, funny. It's funny that the last ten years the house raising industry has just gone crazy. It has. Yeah. yeah it's it's was born out of one or two companies and it's all kind of gone splintered from there. Yeah. But it's it. But getting back to that renovation thing. So renov like it, you're right. Another comment that you made before about um, that some builders just want to do new homes and some builders. Um, uh, specialise in renovations and renovations is a specialist market. It's a massive specialist market in Brisbane. It is, yeah. And and um, and I would say, look, with hands out, if you're a builder that's regularly building luxury new homes or new homes for, and you try your hand at renovations, um, we're working with a company, we won't say their name, but um, <laughs> working with a company that specialised in brand new homes and that's all they did and they were seeing how well the renovation market went and they wanted to get in the renovation market and they tried to take the new home off the plan model into the renovation side of things and it didn't work mm-hmm. because it's it was just... it. It just never, they couldn't get their head around it and they abandoned it after three years of trying. Um, because it just, uh, just didn't work the same and the clientele were completely different and, uh, the process is completely different. It is, yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't, you couldn't one day have builders working on a brand new house and then took, take them over to this Queenslander renovation extension and build under and they just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. We certainly see it's, um, the, the biggest cost in any renovation, um, particularly the ones that we do, is labour for your carpenters. Mm. Um, you are going to have to pay on, say, an average size renovation, which might be, say, we'll take out the house raising aspect. We might say, right, an extension off the back of a of a post war cottage where you might be putting on a new living area, master suite, uh, and a deck, for instance. Um, the biggest cost you're going to have is actually paying two or three chippies to be there 40 hours a week for a couple of months to do that job. Um, like anything in life, you know, a good carpenter gets paid good money because yeah. of exactly what they are. They're good at what they well, do. Well, they're, they're good at what they do. They do things once and yeah. they save you money yeah, they if they're a, good, they're a good carpenter, Very a good much. chippy. And, yeah. and, a, and a chippy that's you know, done their time putting up prefabricated uh, wall frames and trusses on a housing estate, a housing estate out at North Lakes or wherever it might be, um, they're used to working a particular way. It's, well, it's all about speed, um, whereas they don't... They, well, so they, they may not understand what has to happen to um, a wall frame or, to, or or a floor, for instance, to match into the existing structure. So yeah. um, I think that's one thing where builders and, and, and tradies that specialise, that are in the new home market then try and come across the renovations is that everything in a new home market is fixed price rates. Mm. So carpenters will get paid... X amount of dollars a square metre yep. to put up a wall frame. They'll get paid X amount of dollars a square metre to put cladding on the wall. Um, 
and everything's locked down into a well, fixed price. Whereas, whereas in renovation, you can't do that. In a renovation, you can't because there's all these unknown factors that have to be taken into account. So if you, like, a general, as a generalisation, I know each project is very mm. different, especially in renovations. I mean, this is what we try and this is what we say to everybody that each, you know, your neighbour's project, if it's a renovation, is going to be completely different. The cost modelling is going to be different as well. Um, but from your point of view, I mean, if you're looking at saying if you were, you know, a renovation, a similar sized renovation, say, to a new home, are you looking at 25%, 30%, 40% dearer over and, over I'd, and above purely I'd and simply? Think, I'd probably think at least 30%, if yeah. not probably closer to 50 Yeah. Um, just purely because... The labour involved. The labour involved. Yeah. And it's, mm. it's paying guys by the hour rather than on a fixed rate mm. to do the job properly. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned before, it's about trying to marry up with the existing structure. It's trying to take into account all the all the unknown factors that you've well, got to fix. Yeah, in it's the unknown factors as well. I mean, we can yeah. stand there and look at it. And in any amount of times, you and I have gone to a house and had a look at it and uh, there's weatherboards with asbestos on them and there's another set of weatherboards on the outside <laughs> yeah. of the house. There could yep. be up to three or four different layers of, of finish mm. over and above and you go and pull this stuff off. Uh, and you find the the lovely little secrets that these things hiding behind, you know, and mm. and you uh, you can't take that into account. You just don't know. No, and it's what we we class in a in, in a building contract as what's called latent conditions. So yep. it's basically that anything that can't be reasonably seen outside inspections and identified. Um, yep. Asbestos is certainly a big one. Yep. Um, that um, normally what we will do in the course of our renovations is that we will get. Um, and asbestos test done on the property. Mm. So we've got an idea, okay, what, what are we dealing with here? Um, but, yeah, there's certainly a lot of situations where exactly as you said before that, you know, back in the day that, you know, Auntie Jan and Uncle John have decided, <laughs> oh, I'm going to put oh, some really cool aluminium siding over the oh. side of my house so I don't have to... Or the, or the uh, heavy clad. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's even better. That's not yeah. fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to put this over our walls and, oh, we'll just leave the old asbestos, uh, asbestos sheets under there. Yeah. So, you know, builder or architect come in to design the renovation and all of a sudden we start doing some demolition and, oh, hang on a minute, there's asbestos mm. behind here. Mm. All right, let's shut the place down and do a proper asbestos removal. So it's, um, yeah, just one and, example and of any number of little surprises that may come up. But this but this is, I mean, we're talking a bit about the negative now at the yeah. moment about about uh, uh, what's happening with renovations and stuff like that. But this thing kind of comes back into that story of of when you're looking at doing a renovation or raise and build loan or an extension on an existing property, you need somebody who specialises in renovations yep, to definitely. come and have a look at that because they can talk to you about the shortfall. Yeah. They, they can talk to you about the unknowns that may be, because, look, you know, we, we because we do so many of them all the time, uh, you see over and over and again some of the similar, not all the same things, but you do see the similar things coming through yeah. um, on that side of things. So you definitely need somebody who knows what they're talking about who's seen pretty much everything before uh, and knows knows how to deal with that situation and and we talk about look renovations are so uh, are fantastic like if you can take an old house and repurpose it it's absolutely a great idea absolutely perfect you shouldn't be scared of doing a renovation versus uh, versus not, no. a new house and uh, there's some instances where you have to do a renovation rather than a new house but um, in that sense that the journey and the process that you will take or you will go through with the right builder who knows what they're doing when it comes to renovations is going to be a, a a much better journey opposed to getting somebody who might be cheaper 
um, by virtue of them trying to win the project or just not completely understanding what's involved, signing them up and having a bit of a nightmare process yeah. um, through to the end. Um, and, uh, you know, that goes that goes down t- without saying that, you know, um, the, the cheapest guy is not always the best. No, that's right. Um, like, certainly... When you're thinking about renovating, we probably have discussed a bit too much doom and gloom about renovating <laughs> because they can be fantastically rewarding projects, not just for the builder and the architect, but also for the homeowner as well. Um, I mm. think we've got an incredibly unique style of, of architecture in our city in particular, um, of, of the Queensland houses and, and our post-war cottages. And you get a really smart design done and you can have all the advantages of a, of, of a modern lifestyle yeah. um, with the character and the heritage of a new home. It's mm. it's really sad to well, see... It's, it's completely unique. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad to see a lot of inner city suburbs that you know will have these old houses knocked over for a cookie-cutter Hampton-style... Um, yeah. Spec home to go up. Don't get me. Don't get. Don't get me started. I said the H word. Yeah. Don't I love a good Hamptons house, right? Don't don't get me wrong, but a proper replica Hamptons house. Yeah. Like um, went and saw one today um, in Hendra by mm-hmm. another builder. And they've done an absolute cracker of a job, but yeah. it is actually Hamptons from the front door to the back door. Oh, great. Um, yeah. it's not the, uh, grey queens, grey and white Queenslander. Yes. You know, <laughs> it, it's, uh, oh, look at my Hamptons. Yeah, house, a, a grey and white colour yeah. scheme yeah. is not Hamptons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, every, I think every episode I did, I've, we've had a talk about this here, I don't hate Hamptons, okay? But part of the problem with the Hamptons is like Metricon, Plantation, so many spec home builders push it so hard. So because what, what what, what do we say about saying the M and the P word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, how how much of an effect do you think that has, Ryan? On like you were saying, it's a shame to see so many of our traditional style houses get knocked over. Is is a lot of the time? Is that just because it's cheaper for someone to go look? I can get a brand new spec home from a builder for less than what you've just price me for a reno kind of thing uh yes and no i think when um with the spec home market that particularly the guys up in the higher end um you know they they do some really nice looking houses mm-hmm. um the longevity of those jobs you know is is up to anyone to to guess at um and yeah like on, on the surface they look like really nice pretty homes um there's a lot of circumstances, and I think Brisbane City Council, and I can't believe I'm saying this, um, I think Brisbane City Council have got it about right with their heritage and demolition control laws. Um, well, you should have been here at the last podcast. <laughs> anyway, <let's>, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that um, we had a client a couple of years ago who was a client of Synergy Design um, where we did a renovation for them at Grange. And I actually went to them and I said, listen, you know, for the money you're spending renovating your house, you mm. might want to look at maybe a knockdown rebuild with a project home company mm. and, they, and they looked at me as though I just insulted their heritage and, and said there's no way we're doing that because we love this house mm. this house has got our story to yeah. it mm. um, and we want to live in preserve that we want to preserve this house and we want to live in this house this house has got a history in this area um, and so it was, it was great to deal with a client that respected that history um, so from basically the outside of the house still looked like a really nice neat post-war cottage out the back was this beautiful modern extension, beautiful modern kitchen. So, yeah, I think, like, there's always going to be a market for that spec home-type construction. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think where we're sort of at, it's, um, 
in most cases, people, particularly inner city Brisbane, that they can't do the knockdown because of heritage well, and well, demolition control. Yeah. Um, and so it's, okay, right, we've got to look at renovating. So, um, And just by, as we said, by the pure nature of it, that there's just a lot more work involved in getting a renovation done really well than what there is in slapping up a house from, from scratch. Scratch. And there's, that, there's benef- there, there, is, and there is some cases that we have come across together where uh, keeping the original house... Um, it has saved some money keeping mm. the original house because it's in such good nick. Uh, it's been well looked after by the previous owners or the yeah. current owners and things like that and we can reuse those types of things. Yeah. Um, or, you know, renovations just not limited to Queenslander homes or, or post-war cottages yeah. or, and stuff like that. I mean, we've you and I are involved, were involved quite a few times yeah. in, in renovating 1970s, 1980 brick houses. That's right, yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing too is with... Um, yeah, you might have a spec home builder that um, advertises, yeah, we can build this two-storey Hampton-style house for you for $450,000. Mm. But that's plus the cost of the approvals. That's yeah. plus the cost of your demolition. That's plus the cost of your asbestos abatement. That's more than likely higher charges in your development application process, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of extra costs that go into that. Mm. And again, with the spec home market is they will price on fixed rates for everything. So mm. if they've allowed for, say, peers in your concrete slab to go down to 1,200 millimetres, well, that's right. you that's need not, peers to go down to two metres. That's right. So that's that's not accounting for their, their little out clause in their in their specification for footings. Yeah. Exactly. So um, so there's a lot of things to, to take into account for that. That, you know, the, the $450,000 price tag, mm. once you add in all the extra little bits and pieces that you need to do, may not be as attractive as, okay, well, look, let's spend $450,000 renovating our current house. Yeah. And, you know, you might get, you might get a little bit more bang for your buck out of it. Well, you get, yeah, the bank, the bank for the bank kind of scenario I talk about, and I've, you know, we're working with a client at the moment in Gordon Park, mm. um, raise and build under. Uh, client at Gordon Park and um, these these clients were really well educated and and, it, and um, they came and saw us and spoke to us and you know the first thing that we said to them I said to them when I met with them is that basically you've got a beautiful existing floor plan now let's raise under mm-hmm. let's let's use that existing floor plan and save a whole heap of money um, and just repurposing the existing spaces because they work and they're fine yeah. and the house faces the right way and and the money then can be spent on the the new sections of the property. Um, and they were pretty much nodding their head and that, that because if I didn't say it, they were going to say it and just yeah. say, look, we don't feel that we need to, to manipulate the, the floor plan and, and, and any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, they're going to spend, um, around five to six hundred thousand dollars raising and building underneath the existing property, but they've probably saved themselves a hundred and fifty grand on the total bill by not, by when I say not touching the existing house, they're still renovating the existing yeah. house. But they're not moving walls around. They're not taking out the old frame. They're, they're working within the space that they have, yeah. and they don't have to do work on making the roof work and holding it up from an engineering point of view. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said for for that sort of smart design in these old places. That if you've got a floor plan that will work with a few minor tweaks, go for it rather than sort of trying to reinvent the wheel. Well, that's right. And you see, quite often you go and you know we want to pull all this out, pull all that out, and, and if you're in a property when you start doing that. Um, then you have to ask the question is that if you're going to spend those types of money and you, and you can remove the house, why, why hang on to it? Yeah. You know, and, um, and that's where, you know, that's where you and I get involved heavily on those side of things and helping people make the decision of whether they should stay with what they have or move on to the next Absolutely. phase. And most people then transition in a custom design new home anyway. They don't generally want to go down that track of 
talking to a spec home builder because they don't feel they're going to get what they want out of the process. Yeah, and that's the the other flip side of it. Um, as much as we probably rubbish spec home builders a little bit, but mm. um, but yeah, there's that option of okay, I rubbish well, them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's certainly a we're lot not to buy be said. one bit at all. No, of course <laughs> no, not. No. Of course not. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be said for a custom design. Go yeah. and sit down with your building designer mm. and and say, okay, right, well, the renovation's not an option for us. We want to knock this place down. This is how we want our house to look. And you don't have to fit into the cookie-cutter box of the spec home market. You can have something totally 100% designed just for you. And, you know, whether it's, you know, um, the, and it's finding the right sort of builder that, again, understands those expectations, understands the level of um, detail that's, that's in these custom designs because, again, they are a... A, a different unique, kettle of fish as well. They well, are, yeah, yeah. well. They're unique to you. I mean, yeah, nobody's. Yeah. You know, this is what this is what people um, sometimes I don't think they understand is that that this is unique to you. No mm. one's built this. Yeah. Um, again, goes back to the analogy of your neighbour with the same house. Again, this is unique to you. You know, um, so this is a custom build, a yeah. custom design build. And, yeah. Do you and, necessarily want the sort of house that is essentially a floor plan you've chosen? Off a brochure yeah. that any number of people have picked the exact same floor plan. Um, you go with a, a a new custom design, and it is exactly that. It is exactly what you Bespoke. want. The PowerPoints mm, are where yeah. you want them. The kitchen looks the way you want it. All the fixtures, all the finishes are chosen. Because one thing you and I both know quite well um, is that once you start modifying those off the plan. Uh, Floor plans and house designs. You may as well start from the beginning as a custom design. Mm, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you 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 take away what cost benefits that you've achieved by picking off a plan floor plan. Yeah. Um, and going into the modification costs and and building it that way. And I also too think, look at this stage when you kind of compare off the plan or spec home build. They start losing their value, I find, when you start pushing up around that six, seven, eight hundred thousand, up to a million dollar construction costs. Oh, very much, um, yeah. That's when a, a, a custom a builder can actually start, you know, uh, getting beating the price point hmm. because they're, they're used to it. They're used to dealing with those types of yeah. type of properties again. And, and again, it comes back to their original comments about um, picking, well, you know, coming back to that original, picking a renovator builder for a renovator project. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, and picking a builder that's got history um, and a lot of it. In the in the um, the market, all in the in the, the type of design and type of house that you're building. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Image and, and I'll use a, a a really basic example in that say renovating a bathroom. Yeah. That um yeah we can't turn a bathroom around in a week because it's just physically impossible. Um, well, you wouldn't want to. And that's the other thing too. Do you necessarily want your builder going absolutely flat out racing through the job trying to get it done because? You know, one thing's going to happen. A, Scotty Cam has got a got a reveal on Sunday night. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, I, I love Scotty Cam. He's a, yeah. he's, a, he's a great fella. But um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, shows like The Block and House Rules and all those Renault shows, they're not they, realistic. They're, they're not. They're, they're not realistic. They are based on reality. TV. Yeah. And um, and yeah, the the reality is that you know, and again, I'll pick on a bathroom for instance. That's um, you know, obviously you've got to demolish the bathroom it's got to be you know potentially water damage and termite damage might have to be fixed in the in the wall frames it's then got to be resheeted it's got to be plumbed in it's got to be um rewired it's got to be um, waterproofed it's got to be tiled it's got to be painted there's about seven or eight different trades that come in as part of any bathroom renovation and and yeah clients will have a slight heart attack when they see a budget for a bathroom renovation um done properly coming in at you know between 20 and 25 thousand dollars so um 
that's including all their tiles. Which and, is, you know, when you when you add it up and you put everything together, it's not cheap. No, it's not. It's not a cheap process. But, again, to do it properly, um, yeah. and there's plenty of YouTube channels and all that sort of stuff that show you how to do things cheap and do it yourself and all that sort of stuff. Um, and this is your home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, do you necessarily want to do a cheap job yourself or do you want to pay a professional to come in? And, yeah, it's going to cost you more money, but it's going to get done right. It's going to get done right the first time. Um, we've done a few jobs where... You know, the homeowners have had a bit of a crack at it themselves, and I've certainly got no issue with that. Um, but eventually, you know, in 99% of cases, they realise, hang on, we've bitten off a bit more than we can chew here. We've yep. got to get someone in to, mm. to sort this out properly. So understanding expectation. Yeah, very much. So um, what we'll generally see is that what a client will instruct their designer to put on plans doesn't necessarily reflect their budget. And as I said before, that's not the client's fault. They're sort of... Seeing the, the Instagram pictures, they've, they've got the dream in their head. They're seeing the magazine glossy shots, and that's what they fall in love with. Mm. So by the time the designer gets on a set of plans and it comes to someone like me to quote it, um, that you know, all of a sudden the $200,000 budget that they'd had in the back of their head all of a sudden becomes $450,000 and they have a heart attack and fall over. Yeah. So it's a good, um, a good <laughs> example of why... Um, yeah, where you can get get your builder in, involved first time around, um, and working with your designer, working with you to manage your budget as you're going through the design phase. So when you get to your final plans, you don't have this massive shock that your reno is going to cost you twice the money that you actually yeah. thought it would. So, in, so, so common mistake that you're saying that you see a lot of is people getting the the the, the pre builds at the design phase and the documentation stage, probably not as good as what they could. Yeah, and I think that's probably the second point. Um, as far as common mistakes is that people will not want to spend the money on getting a proper detailed design and documentation done. Correct. Um, they might go to a drafty who does very basic plans, hand them off to a builder like me, and if there's no detail in that plan as to what exactly they want, that's left up to the builder to make assumptions. And most good builders will detail in their quote exactly what they've allowed for that sort of thing, but it might be something as simple as handrails on a deck where they want stainless steel wire but the builder's quoted for timber. Yeah. Or they want a particular style of timber handrail but the builder's quoted for another. Yeah. So um, it's worth spending that time and the money to go through you know, again a proper building design firm or architecture firm or whatever it might be and go through that detail with someone who is an expert at it mm. to get those plans done right, get those plans done correctly. And, yeah, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, but when it comes time to hand that design package to a builder, that that builder has got most of the information, if not all the information he needs, to give you an accurate price. And that's probably the key word, so the, accurate. Well, so, so the more information in a plan, I mean, we have this discussion constantly about mm. um, people, again, it's, you know, nine times out of ten, it's not the client's fault. They don't understand what they're going to get. And they that's don't right. really understand... You know, when they type in, type in the Google machine and 50 million people come up and they don't, and everybody's intermingled in with other people. Yeah. Firms will do certain things. Design firms will do certain things. Architects will do certain things. Um, and it can be in the industry very hard to compare apples with apples when it comes down yeah, to that absolutely. side of things. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we see it as a common thing all the time is that, uh, you know, skimping on documentation and design and not getting a full and complete understanding of what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and putting that down on paper, um, putting it into the documentation. And, and, you know, we see it from time again. We, I mean, we talk about this with basic documentation and the, and you, you, you know, we, we may not run the tender process for the client. Um, but we can see, 
uh, four builders quote on the same project, and you, you could be anywhere between a hundred to hundred to two hundred thousand dollars differences in yeah. price, because there's an assumption made about what the client wants, or there's been these really high-level conversations with one builder and very low-level conversations with another builder. Um, and the information that they're, they're handing over, which is not in the plan, um, they're not sharing with all the builders at the same time and basically you're getting you're not getting apples with apples. But where we see a good set of documentation um, that's got all the information in it and you get um, you know, the same three or four builders to come back through and price it, then there could be as little as 20 grand Absolutely. Between yeah. the documentation, you know, just to, just to go just goes to show that it, you know a good set of documentation um, with giving to the builders is going to save so much. It will because uh, and exactly for those reasons that you know there's a common saying that you know time spent in planning and preparation is seldom wasted, and it's very true in building. Um, if you're taking the time with your designer, if you're taking the time with your select a builder to go through the process and understand, okay, well, this is what we want, this is how we're going to progress our design, so that once you're ready to actually get formal quotes, um, that the builders have as much information as they can. Um, we had a conversation with a potential client uh, probably about three or four weeks ago where they had preliminary designs done by a building designer um, and sent them across to me and said, oh, we want to know how much this is going to cost. Um, I replied to this gentleman and said, look, I've got about 25% of the information I need to actually give you an accurate quote. Mm. Yeah, correct. Uh, and as I mentioned before, accurate is the key word there, that I could have looked at his plans and gone, oh, yeah, I'm just going to allow two and a half grand a square metre or two grand a square metre. Oh, yeah, there, there you go, mate, there's your estimate. But that's not accurate. You know, that's just me spitballing a figure and going, okay, right, well, this is it, mate. Mm. The client's not actually getting realistic figures. So it's really important to... Spend that time with your designer. Um, hopefully you've already selected a builder that you would like to proceed with by this stage and that builder is part of that design process as well. That yeah. By the time you get your engineering plans completed, so the engineer will handle the structural design that comes with your renovation. So by the time you've got your designer's plans completed, that you've got your engineering plans completed, that you can hand that package off to your selected builder or builders. Um, and that each guy, so if you're going to say two or three different builders, each of those builders are going to quote your job in a slightly different way. Yeah. They're going to have slightly different margins. They're going to have slightly different contingencies. They're going to have slightly different ideas as to how your job is going to go together. Yeah, but if you, if you, like you say, if you, but if you come with a uh, even a generic specification, or if you come with a, um, all the information in the documentation, mm. then you're getting it apples with apples. Exactly. Then it yeah. does come down to builders' time frame. It comes down to profit margins or where they're sourcing their materials from and yep. things like that. Um, and whether a builder's got a deal with a particular manufacturer or supplier yep. uh, on whether or not they can be cheaper or not. And then you're kind of evaluating um, the builder's perceived performance um, based on how they've dealt with you in the first instance um, and whether or not you can build with them and, and have them part of your life for the next 6 to 12 months. Yeah, and that's a big thing that a lot of people don't take into account is yeah. that, you know, some people are so quick to go to the price. Yeah, yeah, that's and, right. And evaluate and evaluate a builder based on based on the final number. Yeah, um, yeah. but they don't take into account um, uh, whether or not this builder or these particular builders are actually qualified or, or done enough for this type of work. Um, but also to you know read the bloody quotes. It's, yeah. it's yeah. you know the amount that we see where 
um, the client zones in on the cheapest price, but they don't actually sit down and take time to see the, the you know, there might be three or four pages of quote, but there's another four or five pages of exclusions. That's right, yeah. And they don't, they don't understand, you know, where one builder's going to be supplying, um, pretty much everything that they've been asked to supply compared to somebody who hasn't done as good a job on their quote um, and, and excluded a lot of the information and I hope that they jag this client, get them under contract and they've got no other choice than to go through that process. Exactly. And generally what we see, um, uh, what I've seen in my 17-year career is that basically when, when that happens, it, the project's dearer. Mm, because it, is, it becomes yeah. almost like a design and construct type of process where basically um, where's the where's the end? Yeah, yeah. Where where's the end? And when do you start saying no? Yeah, and that, that's it. It gets back down to that that uh, that term accurate. That you know, is builder A allowed twenty bucks a square meter for tiles, and builder B is allowed forty bucks a square meter for tiles? And it's you know, has the builder included that sort of level of detail in their quote? Um, you know, if you've gone to the detail with your designer of having a specifications list, so itemising things like what sort of toilet you want, what sort of tile you want, what sort of timber flooring you want, or for whatever it may be. You know, has the builder actually quoted that particular item or have they gone, oh, well, yeah, the client wants um, brush box floors, but, oh, no, my, my allowance is only going to cover Cypress Pine. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, that's a variation. Thanks very much. I like to think, you know, 85, 90% of builders out there are guys that do the right thing, that take pride in their work, take pride in their business and want to provide their client with an amazing renovation experience and an amazing finished product. But people get desperate. People get desperate, absolutely. Um, and, and On both sides of the fence I'm talking that's about. That's right, yeah. yeah and, and this is just not, you know, most, as you say, most builders are, are genuine builders and they want to do the right thing and, they want to, and, and most clients are genuine mm. clients and they want to do the right thing by the builder. But people get desperate. Yeah. They, they get desperate to get it to a certain dollar value uh, and they cling on to things that they probably shouldn't cling on to. Um, and builders, builders get desperate for the next pricing contract. Yeah. Um, and, and, and instead of playing the long game, they're looking at the short-term um, response, not doing the right thing. That's right, yeah. And, and, um, and God knows, years ago, I was in that position myself where you know, you're, you're hanging out to get that next job, so you go, oh, look, I'll quote it a little bit tighter um, so I can get the job. And then you get the job and then all of a sudden you realise, oh, hang on a minute, I'm actually not going to make any yeah, money gonna, out of this. Yeah, that's right. So, oh, or, you're under, or you're underwater. Yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden you've got to work faster to get the job done quicker so you can make some money, which, as I mentioned before, that then translates into the level of quality and the, the level of supervision that you need to provide as a builder yep, yep. starts going down because your mindset's elsewhere. You, know, you might have a builder, like I say, in that situation where he goes, well, hang on a minute, I'm going to put this job on a bit of a go slow so I can go over there and start that other job mm. to make some money out of that to then come back and finish this. Um, now, these are all worst-case scenarios. Oh, these are all worst-case scenarios. And as I mentioned, yeah, yeah. You know, the vast majority of builders out there are good guys doing good work who are going to do the right thing by their client. Mm. Um, I think it really comes down to, for, for the client, is that, as we mentioned, getting that documentation detail right, but also, too, when it comes to choosing your builder, don't go for that cheapest price. Go for that guy that you think, you know what, I can work with him. Yeah. As you mentioned before, yeah. 
you might have a six month renovation project um, that you know this guy's going to be in your house every day. Well, we say, I always say to clients, I've said it for eleven years, is that um, your builder's your third person, you menage a trois. Well, it is um, for the for, for the young guys in the room, menage a trois, three people, um, but the um, but. The <laughs> One of the challenges um, that we have a lot with clients is getting them to trust the process and to trust the, the team. Oh, correct. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and people who have worked together many times at fall. Correct. And people fall into problems a lot of the time, I think, when they just well, like when they say, try, to, try shortcut. to find the cheapest one. When they try to shortcut yeah. the process, yeah. yeah you you like recommend a, a builder for a job and they think, oh, I can figure something else better than this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's a really good point because if, um, if a client has their designer or architect saying to them, well, hey, listen, you know, call, call um, mm. Builder Bob, for instance. You know, <laughs> give him a call. He's a really good guy. He'll do a really good job for you. Mm. Yeah. Um, you've got... As a client, you've got a lot of surety already before you've even met the guy that he, one, works ethically, that he's got a really good standard of work. He's got proven processes in place um, to make sure your job comes through at the end, it comes in on budget, and it comes in at a level of, of finish that is what your expectation is. There's proven reliability. Yeah. And if you take, you know, again, not to, to bang around drums again, but basically 11 years yeah. of renovating people's homes. Um, us doing the documentation, of course, are you doing the building? Yep. Um, and there's a reason why we refer Ryan, you know, Rhino, um, <laughs> and, our, and RKB to our clients because we know Ryan's going yeah. to look after yeah. him. You know, we know Ryan's not going to be the it's, cheapest bloke mm. around, definitely not the dearest. Um, but we know that we can feel safe in the knowledge and trust that, you know, Ryan's going to do a good yeah, job. And a, yeah, and a big thing that, um, that I find as a builder is that a lot of the issues and the dramas we have on site, we generally sort out before the client even knows about it. Yeah. It's only really when it's going to have cost implications or time implications that we go to the client and we say, oh, hey, listen, we found this or this issue's come up. We mm. need to have a chat to you about it. Mm. Um, when you've got a builder and, their, and your designer that work together well and are on the same page, mm. it is, it's a phone call from the builder to the designer saying, hey, mate, just want to double-check this. And the problem's sorted within a couple of hours of phone calls between the builder yep. and designer mm. rather than bothering the client at work, rather than putting the client under stress because you know, a lot of people don't react well to the renovation process from a stress perspective. That's right. And, and nine times there's just clarity. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And yeah. it's a, a communication's a massive thing yeah. um, between builder, client, designer because yeah. you know, that three-way partnership is what's going to bring that project to a conclude to a successful complete and, conclusion and, and getting a good and look we understand and and you know yeah um i'm a designer i love doing what i do you're a builder and you clearly love doing what you do love and, it. Yeah, and you wouldn't do, do anything else that's exactly right maybe uh, fighter pilot you yeah. always want to be a fighter pilot <laughs> i think i think i've got too many times yeah well, you started in the army mate you're in the wrong start yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't have planes in the army army helicopters um, but you know, I, I know enough. I know I know where to stay in my lane um, in terms of designing things, stuff mm. like that. I mean, there's there are areas where we cross over, and we need to have knowledge about what we're doing in terms of buildability and construction. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, from a design point of view, I mean, I think you know that's an, another topic for another day about mm. you know differences between people and whether or not they understand that. Um, but doing up a clean set of documentation and, and having that history between the mm. builder and the yeah. designer and having this perfect partnership. 
um, that basically will will make it so much easier from from start yeah. to finish. Yeah. I think and that I, communication sorry, that communication issue between a builder that that also extends to certifiers and engineers as well. And yeah, the whole process really. Yeah, exactly. You can seriously read my mind. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Is there something that we need to know that happened that happened twenty four years ago? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You do look the same, actually. Um, <laughs> sorry, Karen. <laughs> no doubt Karen's going to listen to this um, later on. I love you, darling. <laughs> I think something else also, too, is that the, the more expensive or most expensive builders, if you get a number of quotes, aren't necessarily making more money because a lot of people get the cheapest quote they find and say, well, if this guy's doing it for 500 grand and you've just quoted me 200 grand, you must be making 200 grand on top of what he's making. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people tried, struggle to see past that. Yeah, I think um, probably the main thing that comes to mind in situations like that, and we, and we certainly get it a lot, like I, I tell pretty much all our clients that if they want a cheap builder, that's not me. You know, I'll, I'll give them a value-for-money quote because at the end of the day, you know, I need to get work. I've got to conduct myself in an ethical manner. Um, I certainly can't stand the sort of, um, the, I guess, the culture that was once in the industry of, oh, if you don't want a job, just whack an extra 20% on it and, yeah, she'll be right. Yep. Yeah, if you don't want a job, just tell the client, sorry, I'm flat out at the moment. Don't um, have a job. I don't have time to do it. But yep. here's, a, here's another guy you can call. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, yeah, it's probably the, the best sort of way to look at um, that sort of situation, Aaron, is that, you know, the bill that's quoted 200 grand is another bill that's quoted 400 grand. Well, is that, has that builder, has the 200 grand builder, has he allowed proper safety processes? Mm. You know, has he allowed for scaffolding? You know, has he allowed to, you know, say cut fiber spent sheeting in a safe manner? Does he have the equipment to do that? Is, it just, is he just going to do a professional job from, yeah, from the word go? Um, and yeah. we, see, we see it all the time, you know, building on Aaron's comment, is that we see it all the time. Say if, you know, I go back to the four builder analogy, you, you know, you, it's a client asks you to tender out a project and you mm. go to four builders. And we usually get what we call the speculator who's <laughs> who's the one at the top of the tree who's a good $100,000 dearer than everybody else but there's no clear, clear reason why. Yeah. Um, and then we get the, you know, the, the um, uh, what's it, the, the gold digger uh, at the bottom end of the spectrum that basically, um, that basically is underpriced, clearly is underpriced the project mm-hmm. in the hope that, you know, he gets his next contract. And then you generally get the guys in the middle and generally their numbers are not too far away from each other and they're, they're the guys that then you need to start talking to um, when it comes to tendering a project like that um, and because basically they're probably the ones that have based everything in reality and you can probably quickly easily see see you know, the guy at the top of the tree is generally the bloke he's probably got plenty of work on he still probably does a good job but if you're willing to pay him $100,000 more well of course he's going to take you on because yeah. he'll, <laughs> he'll figure it all out and again not everybody's like that but yeah. it, it, it's it's what we see happen on a regular basis, and basically, you, you know, you zone, you, you, you do well to zone in on those two blokes in the middle because they're probably the ones that are going to give you a fairly good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a really funny one last year. A uh, client that we did a renovation for that um, they'd said to us, we'd, we'd probably started, the, we'd been two or three weeks into the job, and and um, and uh, they, they said, oh yeah, you should have seen this uh, this other builder we got to quote the job, and I said, oh yeah, you know. Who was he? And they, they told me his name. And I'd, I'd sort of heard of him, but yeah, I did, certainly didn't know him personally. Um, and um, 
He'd come around and look at the job and ask, oh, yeah, have you, are you anyone else to price the job? And they said, oh, yeah, we've got Ryan from RKB Renovations. He's looking into it and, and, and he said, oh, well, look, just give me his quote. I'll knock 10% off. And, um, and they went, what? And, yes, yeah, so this guy was actually prepared to take a renovation on, not doing any figures on it at all, not working out how he was going to do it, not looking at the detail. Lucky you're a nice guy. Mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, Otherwise and, yeah. this guy could have found himself in a real world. Yeah, yeah. like uh, and he was literally just going to take the figure that I'd given these clients and knock 10% off and say, oh, yeah, I'll do it for that. And yeah. just... And, Thankfully, these particular clients were awake to it and just went, oh, no, you're not the sort of builder we want to deal with. See you later. And they rang just, me the next day and said, we want you to do the job. That happens to us, that happens to us all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it happens to us all the time, I could tell you. Okay. Um, one thing I was interested in <laughs> is um, that you charge a fee for your quotes, did you say? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's something that's sort of been coming into the industry for a few years now um, and... Most builders are charging some sort of preliminary fee to essentially work as a consultant to the client. Um, so similar to the designer, the architect, sorry, the designer, the engineer, the certifier, um, that most builders will have a, um, a schedule of fees to work as a consultant before they're actually engaged as the builder. Um, and that does a few things. It's, um, it allows the client to bring a builder in, um, right at the early stages of a job. So when they're sort of, even when they're, First thinking about renovating, that they can go, okay, right, well, let's, you know, we, we've heard of you know, this particular builder, let's get him in to have a chat. Um, and so they might say, and so, say it's me, they might say, okay, Ryan, um, can you come and have a look? We've got, we've got some ideas for this renovation, can you come in and, and have a bit of a look at it? And so I'll come over, have a bit of a chat, very, very preliminary discussions. If they don't have plans, we'll refer them on to you guys. Um, if they do have plans, okay, great, well, we can give you some feedback on that. Um, and what that allows the client to do is have the builder on in the early stages um, and for a fee that you know, they can get real-time feedback from their builder to go, okay, right, well, you know, use this sort of cladding rather than that sort of cladding or what you've chosen there is going to be X amount of dollars dearer. So they can use the builder to get real-time price comparisons and yeah. as they firm their design up and they go, okay, right, well, um, we won't use... Um, Strio cladding will use Axon cladding, for instance, and I'm, mm. I'm referring to a James Hardy product here. Um, that they might again. Get. Just one second, if James Hardy would like to be a sponsor of our show, you can get in contact with me. Come on down, come on down, have a chat with James yeah, Hardy. Yeah, I just yeah, bought yeah, a heap done. of your product from one new place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so things like that. It might be um, yeah, a certain kitchen layout is more mm. cost effective than another, or or the dream kitchen layout. They can go, okay, right. Oh, well, we know in the early stages our kitchen's going to cost us. 40 rand for the yeah. kitchen that we want. Um, so that's probably the big advantage for a client in paying a builder tax as a consultant. Um, the way we work it is that we'll come on board um, and generally we, we may attend meetings with the designer, with the design team early on. Um, we may get sent a preliminary set of drawings and mm. said, okay, listen, can you give us an estimate on this based on what you're seeing in front of you now? Um, but the best the best process, honestly, is when somebody like yourself gets involved on the word go. It is, um, yeah. And, yeah. and it's a fantastic process. And look, you know, I've been doing 17 years. I have an idea. I have an understanding of what things cost. But there's nothing like 
having a builder involved on the project because you can look at everything. Like yeah. you say, the fit and finish of the project. You can look at, um, you know, we always say, you know, the two big areas where people can save is, the, you know, literally the size and the physical size of the house, mm-hmm. you know, square meterage, um, versus, and also to the fit and finish of a property. Um, so they're the two areas there. And you can yeah. identify fairly quickly um, during the design design process that um, uh, that the, any issues or any challenges can be dealt with early in the piece because That's right. you know we you know we working together and 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 our general ethos is basically one of that basically we we don't like surprises towards the end of the design process when mm. you know you how often do we see it and you see it too <laughs> yeah where a, a client's got an idea of cost in their head they've gone through this design process they've probably spent. You know, tens of thousands of dollars on on architects and designers and documentation and and approvals, not to, just to find that they're two hundred grand over budget. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. And because there's been no checks and balances put in place during the design process, and we see it's more common than not, and that's where a lot of frustration comes from. And and one of the processes and why we work so well together is that basically we have this common thread of basically going, look, you know, we we want a client to um, realise their dream, but yeah. you know, there's a, there's a budget for everybody there is and i think that's something that um that clients should take heed of as well a little bit is that don't be afraid to tell your builder your budget yeah you know because um well you can go to your designer and say right i don't want this reno to cost more than five hundred thousand dollars or we've got x amount of dollars to spend that you know the, the designers will regularly check up on pricing for certain items, that sort of stuff. But where I think we sort of come into play is, is throwing the labour content into that. Yeah, correct. To go, well, hang on a minute. If you want that particular type of cladding or that particular type of brick, okay, well, that's going to cost a certain well, amount of dollars a square metre, but it's actually going to take my guys X amount of hours to put well, that what, on the What wall. a great common one is tiles. Tiles, yeah. Cracker of a one, yeah. Yeah. Um, really low, really low square metre rate on a tile, but it could be those uh, custom... Um, porcelain uh, uh, tiles you put it there, the subway tiles. Yeah, yeah. And they're the hardest thing to lay properly. Yeah, yeah. So to get to look right. The amount of times we've seen, you know, the wall go up and then the tiler and the builder standing there gets going, yeah, nah, we've got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to come down. Yeah. That's got to come down. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and, and yeah, like tiles are a good example where, you know, the cheap tiles from all these cheap bargain basement tile suppliers, yeah, sure, they're cheap, but try and be a tiler putting that on the wall for a tile that's not square or it's not flat or it's not straight. You want a nice well, gun barrel straight tile. Hundreds of thousands wall. of the little ones. Oh, yeah. The, my tile loves mosaics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I think that's where the, the builder can come in in the design phase is actually sort of getting a, a bit more of an accurate sort of picture together for the client as to what budgets are going to cost. Um, you know, we sort of, yeah, and as I sort of mentioned before, like, you know, don't be afraid to tell your client, uh, sorry, don't be afraid to tell your builder what, what your budget is. Yeah. Um, People are so afraid of doing that. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, because it's, I'll, I'll guarantee... Everyone's that afraid of getting ripped off. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and justifiably so. As I said, you know, yeah. there are bad apples in our industry that would take advantage of that. But, you know... In reality, that... But whatever, as somebody who provides an open and clear, open, yeah. transparent quote, yep. yeah, you exactly. can see, you you can, can see yeah. where the dollars are going. So, yeah, so we'll sort of be able to um, you know, quote off a set of plans. And generally what I'll say to clients is, you know, first time round, say, um, say we haven't been involved in the design process, that, you know, the clients rung us up and said, look, Synergy Design have given me your details. Can you give us a price piece for innovation? They sent me through a set of construction detail plans. We'll go out, meet the client, have a chat to them. They sign our fee proposal to say, yes, we want you to provide a quote for us. Um, and we come back, 
give them the quote basically as per the plans, as per the design they've put down on paper. And I'll guarantee every single time that if a client's got in their mind, right, $300,000, it'll be four. It'll be definitely more than what you've got in the back of your head. So don't be afraid to say to your builder... Steady on. <laughs> and that's that's not the designer's fault, of course. But again, like it's it's getting the builder involved. Very in rarely does that happen between but us. Very rarely, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's why you get the builder involved in the early stages to to sort out that those you know those labour issues and the material issues and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, don't be afraid to say to your builder, look, you know, our budget is X, mm. so that you know, as I'm going through doing the quote, I can actually ring the client and say, listen, we're going over your budget now. I've got a few ideas as to where you can cut some cost. Mm. Do you want to cut this out or cut that out? Um, the other thing we really find very regularly is that we can say to a client, look, you know what, if you can't afford to do it all at once, we can do it in stages. Yeah. You know? So let's do... It's becoming a big thing yeah, now. Let's yeah. do this part now yeah. and we'll come back in six come months or 12 months. Come up with the master months. plan. Yeah. yeah. Get your master plan done. Get everything down on that piece of paper you, you want in a perfect world. Yep. And then we can say to the client, right, oh, look, you know, it's coming at 400 grand. Your budget's 300. Okay, right. Let's do this, this, and this now. We can give you that for 300,000. Then we'll come back in six months or 12 months and then we'll do this next little bit. Um, we're about to start work for a client now where we did a renovation for them at the start of last year. We're now coming back to do the second part of the renovation, yep. which is a um, custom-made garage. So that's one where we house. did the master plan for them. That's right, yeah. yeah. We had a look at the total price of the project. They yep. realised that this is what they wanted and they were very happy with the design and mm -hmm. they wanted to do this. Um, it was a process you and I were heavily involved in yeah, from the word right. go. And we identified fairly early in the piece that basically that, that if the client wanted to continue down this track, that they'd either had to find the extra money to do it or they'd come back and, yeah. and, and do the second stage at a later date. Uh, and which I have done, like yeah. you say. Yeah. And like it's certainly easier for me as a builder to do it all at once. Yeah. Um, and, and there's cost saving to do it all at once. It, it, there is a bit of cost saving there. Yeah. Um, but Reality, I say to so many of our clients, I'd rather do a little bit of work for you than nothing at all. Yeah. So rather than you've gone through this whole process with your designer to realise at the end of it, well, geez, we can't quite afford what we want, rather than shove the plans in the in the rubbish bin and, and forget about it, okay, let's look at it a bit with a bit of flexibility and go, okay, right, well, you know what, we can do this now for the money we've got available. Now, Ryan, we'll give you a call in 12 months and we'll get you back to do this bit. Um, we've had clients through Synergy where we've gone back um, three or four times over a couple of years to do that extra little bit here, that extra little bit there, so that you know they might not get their dream renovation done in eight months. Yep. It might take them a couple of years, but at the end of the day, they're in the house for a long period of time. They're going to get exactly what they want. It's just being a bit patient, watching your money, and you know, being, being, being open to some suggestions. Making common sense and, and, and common exactly. sense choices, and that's what. And this is the, why the process works so well. Hmm. Is that. You can identify very early in the piece, um, you know, based off a based off a concept design or or a design development set of documentation, yep. um, and you can make those crucial and hard decisions right then and there, and not you make can. them later on down the track. Um, and you can then talk to people about, well, do you want to complete the master plan, or you, you know, how long how long is stage two going to be? You know, do you do the documentation based around stage one and then stage two later on down the track? But um, you, you can make those hard decisions from the from the word go, and you can actually, you know, you can zone in onto your budget really fast. You can, and you can get your final price incredibly accurate. Yeah. Um, that you know, if you get that builder, um, that's chosen builder on board for the design phase, get them through 
and, 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 we, and get their feedback. And we can it's going say, to benefit everyone. Exactly. And we can say, you know, hand on our heart, we've been there. I mean, I've, we've been involved with schemes um, in the last 17 years, mostly in the last 11 years, um, where basically, you know, we're... We're a budget-conscious designer, and we've 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 tried to look at how do you you know put the cart before the horse. Yeah. How do you? What's the best way of putting the cart before the horse, or the chicken before the egg, or the egg before the chicken? You know. And uh, yeah, did I say it wrong the first time? Um, but basically, and we've been involved in these schemes where there's people out there at the moment who's you know. Um, br- br- Pricing your innovation is completely different to pricing a new house. Yeah, it is. Because um, you, you pretty much know what's going to happen with a new house build renovation completely different. And there's companies out there at the moment that um, are pricing a project, trying to price a project like a, a new home construction and trying to give people certainty through mm. these schemes and through these processes. We've been through three of them. They don't work. <laughs> Do not do it. You need to, you know, the old, the, the old ways, the tried and true, bested, uh, the best way is getting a builder involved very early in the piece, um, and working with somebody who's u- doing the figures, who is on the ground, who's actually mm. building these things, and know where the, where the costs are. Yeah. Yeah. And where the, where the pain points are going to yeah. be, and knowing how to get around those. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly not in my interest to say this, but, it doesn't lock you into using that builder for your renovation either. Like no. You might have a builder as part of your design phase and you decide for whatever reason it might be, oh, look, we're actually going to go with someone else for the reno um, or for the project, I should say. Um, and that, Yeah, but you, you can still rely on that knowledge. That builder has been paid for his knowledge. He's been paid for his time. And that knowledge, that feedback all belongs to the client and that can then be handed off as part of a design package to you know someone else. So you know you're certainly not locked into using that particular builder. That being no, said, we would like to think that you would. You, you would. Yeah, if you get so. the if you get the big man, you're going to love him, right? He's a, <laughs> you know, he's a, he might look big and he might look like he's just fallen out of a troop carrier and he's just left the army and things like that. And honestly, guys, he does. Got a good head for um, podcasts. Yeah, yeah he's, got, he's got a good head for radio. Um, he doesn't look like the villain. Uh, the villain out of uh, what's that cartoon TV show, um, International Rescue? What's that? Uh, um, at all. Um, Come and do look, a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a big cuddly bear. Um, But, but look, um, yeah, we'd like to think, yeah, you would use Ryan uh, moving forward, and you will. Yeah, and that's right. And because through that design process with that builder, that you've formed a rapport with them, you you know them, you know know their personality, um, and you will know very early on um, whether you can work with this builder for your renovation. And if you look, and you know, you, you don't. Um, you know, just because Ryan and I saw each other in traffic one day um, <laughs> and said, "Hey, he looks all right. Let's have a chat with him." Um, that certainly wasn't that certainly wasn't how it all played out. Like, I mean, there was a feeling out of um, both of our um, professionalism yeah, um, moving forward, and basically, it's not and it's not that easy. And if we if if Ryan gives you a referral to us, you know that you're going to get a good job. If we give a referral to Ryan, we know 100 percent that we're 
um, that our clients are going to be in safe hands yeah. and that basically if Ryan brings you that price, it's it's pretty damn good price. Mm. Um, and uh, it's taken everything into account. It's taken all the... Um, uh, everything on the plans and everything that needs to be done part of the bill, yeah. and the and and it's a trustworthy process. Yeah, and certainly yeah. it's one thing we say to all our clients is that with our quotes you won't get a, a single A4 piece of paper with works as per plan written on it. You'll get yeah. you know, a document that's several pages long that it's it's fully detailed. Each trade is broken down into a scope of work yeah. with a cost attached to it, so you can physically see. Within the quote, right, carpentry is costing us this, plumbing's costing us this, tiling's costing us this. You can see where your money's going. It's not just a whole ballpark figure right at the end of the quote. Yep. Um, it is, there's a breakdown there, there's, there's detail there, and it takes time to put all that together, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. And, and, and that, the, the, the fees that you, the fees that are charged to create that are, are well worth it. Yeah. Are so, well, well worth it. I, I certainly think so. No, no they are. Again, <laughs> you know, well, we, like to, so we like to bang around. Right? The fee that you charge to put all that time in probably doesn't even cover your time alone. Is it more about? It'd be more about a level of commitment from the client. And it, it is largely, yeah. yeah. It's it's saying it's a, it's the client saying to me as the builder, well, yes, we're serious. Yes, we want to go ahead, and um, and we're prepared to pay you for your time but, and your but, feedback. But it's like good documentation. It's an mm. investment in your project. Yeah, it is, and and. What we do, and, what, and again, what most builders that charge for quotes will do, is that if you go ahead with them as a builder, they'll actually take that off the contract price. Yeah. So if you've gone through the process with, with me, for instance, and you might have spent, you know, say, fifteen hundred dollars with me through the design process, getting a quote done, to then sign a contract and say, yes, Ryan, you're the builder we want, we take that money off the contract. So it's cost you nothing in the long run. Yeah. So you know, you've you've got that surety in your mind, you've got the accuracy in the price, you've got the accuracy in your documentation. And it's costing nothing. Yeah, but so. you've got the information there too. Is that if you do have to rescope a little bit, yep, um, to get the project, you've got the information. You can sit down and say, okay, well, where can we save me money? Mm-hmm. And where can we save money? Oh, well, you know, it could be as simple as changing some of the tiles up. Exactly. Um, yeah. Could be as simple as is reducing the length of a bifold door or changing bifolds of sliders. Yeah. You know, it, it's. It's looking at that and having a builder sitting there. There's nothing better than sitting around a table with a builder and his spreadsheet open and just basically going, right, if we can just change some of these things on the, yeah. on, on the, on the plan, we can save you 20 grand. Yeah. You and know. the thing is, once we've done the initial quote, um, and again, as part of the, the, the package that we put to the clients, and, and again, I, I would assume that a lot of other builders are doing similar things that, um, we'll give you a free revision as part of that. So mm. you might pay us X amount of dollars to do, to do your quote. Um, but we'll give you a free revision. So if the dollar figures aren't lining up with what you want to spend, we'll be able to come to you in that initial stage and say, okay, right, well, if this figure's a bit too high, here's some suggestions where you can actually pull that back a little bit. Yep. And if you say, yeah, okay, Ryan, well, let's take these out and see where it comes to, it takes me very little time to go back to the office and actually rejig the quote a little bit and go, okay, right, well, with those changes, we've now come back at this price. Um, and that's where, again, you know, if the client's open and honest about their budget, yep. um, then we can go, okay, right, well, here's what we can work with. Um, pretty rarely will we have a situation where we've actually got to go to a client and say, look, sorry, but for the money you want to spend, we just physically can't do this. Yeah. Um, it's very rare. There's always a way to get something done. And as I said before, we'd rather do a little bit of work for you than nothing at all. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we'd like to thank Ryan or Rhino as we know him. Uh, for coming in and having to talk to us about um, why it's important to have a um, builder. No worries, guys. It's been, uh, been, been a lot of fun. <laughs>
Yeah, it's been a lot of fun actually. We've learned a lot, haven't we, gents? Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, so we can you can contact Ryan at rkbrenovations.com.au. That's right. That's the website. Um, it's RK... currently being updated at the moment. It's so currently being updated. A little bit of time before you jump on. Is board. it is it up now? <laughs> it's uh, our website is up um, with fairly limited information. I do apologise, <laughs> but um, but yeah, give me another couple of weeks and my web design will have that all sorted. Uh, I think we've seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the... I have to send it to a client during the week. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or you can take a look on Synergy Building Design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just give us a call. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, or I think it's also to just uh, RKB Renovations on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. It? Just yeah, search RKB Renovations and we're on Insta and Facebook. Um, and and that's... what's the Yes. And the phone number? <laughs> 0411 yeah. 782 467. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, so yeah, on Instagram and Facebook, that's probably our more regularly updated um, social Place. media and that sort of stuff. So you yep. can see literally what we're up to at the moment. Um, and you can see, you'll be able to see some progress of the monster out yeah, at Sanford. Yeah, uh, our project Javora out at yeah, Sanford. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, pretty, looking pretty impressive at the moment. So We're out a, there the other day, the roof's on. I had, I had uh, Ridge Beam Envy. Yeah, we've got a uh, pretty massive uh, ridge beam running through the middle Real of the house it. with a big cathedral ceiling. So, yeah, it'll be a pretty uh, pretty impressive house when it's all done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I mean when we're getting the renovations and new homes in a big way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll certainly take a look at a, at a custom-built new home for the uh, right project, right client, that sort of thing. But, yeah, uh, but yeah our, our little niche in the market is, is our renovations. renovations. So, I love yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Ryan. No worries, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Ryan. See ya.